If you would like to turn to Romans chapter 6, we're teaching on having a faithful life. And specifically in Romans chapter 6, if we would select a topic tonight, it would be decisions. Chapter 6 is about decisions. My wife and I have reached the difficult decision that we don't want children. So if anyone else does, please just send me your contact details and we'll drop our kids off tomorrow. Right? No. This one man said, I made the decision to learn how to lockpick. And he said, his friend said, well, how's it working out for you? He said, man, it's opened up a lot of doors for me. So, decisions. Romans chapter 6. So I read an article in Psychology Today. And it suggested that some sources suggest Have you ever thought about how many decisions you make a day? They don't know. I mean, it's really impossible to know exactly. But some sources suggest that the average person makes an eye-popping 35,000 choices a day. Every day. If you spend seven hours sleeping, God bless you, you don't make choices, right? But for every waking hour, you make about 2,000 choices an hour. That's one decision every two seconds. Have you ever thought about that? I'm looking over here. I'm going to pick my nose. All those are decisions. Now, I want to look at this. Well, that's, that's a lot of decisions. Well, guess what? We make them. Now, we want to deal with some important decisions. And these are spiritual decisions. So this chapter basically asks us two questions. One is found in verse 1. And the Bible said, Shall we sin that grace may abound? So we have to make a decision with that. And then in verse 15, Shall we sin because we are not under the law? So we have two questions. And tonight, we are here to make decisions. And if you do not or have not made a decision, the most important decision for the Lord, we can make that tonight. See, behavior is goal-oriented. Now, before we get into verse 1, we want to look at the key word is know, K-N-O-W, like knowledge. It's in verse 3, verse 6, and verse 9. You see, the gospel is, it's information. It's not the preacher just going, ah, ah. Ah, behind the pulpit. It's information about Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. It's good news. That's what it means. The gospel is good news. And it helps us to make good, rational, sound decisions. You know, they say you're never supposed to go shopping when you're hungry, right? What you buying? Whatever looks good, right? You're not thinking right, right? Because you're just hungry. The tummy is shopping, okay? We've all done it, okay? That's why I guess those vending machines are just wonderful to have around. You can just like, I don't care how much it costs. Give me the stale M&Ms. I'll eat them, right? So, But the Bible works to help us make good decisions. And people say, well, it's good for church, but is the Bible good for, like, business? Yes. Have you ever heard of a company called Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A makes more per restaurant than McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway combined per restaurant. 
And by the way, they're closed on one of the days. <laughs> so how does it work? The Bible works. And so when we make our decisions in life, I think that Christian, Christianity is a thinking person's game. And, and you actually have to think through things. So uh, let's, let's just jump in. So Romans chapter 6, verse 1. The first question. Paul's the writer, but the Holy Ghost is speaking through him, inspired by the Holy Ghost. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Why? Because where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. We're going to make God look good in forgiving us, right? Now, notice what the Lord says. (laughs) God forbid. (laughs) How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You know that the Bible said, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But I like what one person said, but first it'll make you mad. You know that when we realize, wait a second, sin causes death. I can't live in sin because it's going to cause death. And the Bible says, how can you live in sin? Because we are dead to sin. Now, how is that? Verse 3, we're dead. This is the first no. K-N-O-W, verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Now, let's, let's see what that says. Uh, there is a Christian writer named Watchman Nee, and it's not like Nee, but it's N-E-E. He's from China. He said, our history ends with the cross and our new history starts with the resurrection. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're not modified. Have you seen something that's modified, like a car that's modified? It's still a 1991 century. You can modify it all you want. It's still old, right? There's still Bondo sticking out. But we're made new creatures, not just modified. And the Bible says that know ye not that we were made, that we were baptized into his death. We're dead with Christ. Therefore, we are buried with him. Dead people can't sin because why? We're separated from the power of sin. Therefore, verse 4, we are buried with him by baptism into death. This isn't water baptism, okay? This is being uh, poured into Christ at his cross. That's what that baptism is. Being baptized into Christ. Water baptism shows what happens spiritually on the outside. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. So there's the answer. So we sin? No. Why? Because we're dead to sin. You know, it's interesting. Have you ever seen a battery? In Florida, your battery's going to die once in a while. So you'll get a look at it, okay? On the side of the road probably, right? There's a negative terminal and a positive terminal on a battery, right? Well, there's a negative and a positive that we read about in verse 4. What's the negative? The death of Christ, the cross was like that negative terminal, Okay? I'm not saying it was negative, it caused us to come to him, but it was horrible. It was his death, it was his crucifixion. But the cross is the negative terminal. What's the positive terminal? The resurrection. And we need the cross, 
the negative and the positive, the resurrection, in order for the battery to work. So too, as Christians, we need the cross and the resurrection so that we can walk in newness of life. Verse 5, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, so shall we also in the likeness of his resurrection. So we're being made like Jesus. And the second, no, verse 6, knowing this, that our old man, this isn't your father, it's not talking about your father, it's talking about that old sinful nature. That our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. Not wounded, except on Saturday night when it gets out, right? No, but destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. You know that Jesus was crucified between two what? Thieves. Wouldn't that be something? If the death penalty for stealing something, man, in Rome it was. You stole something, they could crucify you. And, ooh, that's pretty rough, isn't it? I'm glad that's not the law. So, But the thieves died on crosses next to Jesus. They were just thieves. They might have stole something. But look at what the Bible says. We didn't die next to Jesus. We didn't die on our own cross. The Bible says our old man is crucified with him. When were our sins put away? 2,000 years ago on the same Christ that cross died, that Jesus died on. Why? Because we were crucified as Christians with Christ. You know, a lot of times, you know, you'll read about self-control and, and they'll, they'll teach you, you need to master self-control and, and master this. Well, that's not how God works. You know how God works? Right here. He just removes the sinner out of the way. The sinner's the problem, right? So God just like, whoop, and removes the sinner out of the way. And that's what Paul said. He said, when I am weak, I'm strong, right, because God is the one in control. I don't have to fight with my old sinful nature. Jesus just took it out of the way. I remember when I got saved, and it was just like a new me. Came back to the barracks in the military, and I cleaned my room, and it wasn't dust that I was cleaning up, but there were things in my room that I just cleaned up. Why? They no longer had power over me. God had taken the old man and just taken him away, or the old woman, right? The old nature is gone. It's dead. Christ died to crucify that old nature. Now, if we be dead with Christ, verse 8, we believe that we shall also live with him. Dead with Christ. You know, have you ever been to a factory? You know, you see like, you know, I don't know. They, they have a product and they got lines and they got products coming out. Well, our heart is kind of like, not this thing, but the heart of who we are. It's kind of like a factory. It produces thoughts, emotions, desires. Didn't Jesus say all the, the wickedness comes out from the heart, right? Evil, adulteries, fornications. But our heart's like a factory, and the actions are the products that our heart produces. So what did the cross do? The cross shut down the factory oh excuse my french no you don't have to excuse your french because there's no french producing factory anymore and that's what happens when you get saved and i didn't quit cursing right when i got saved i got saved in the marines and i remember uh one night i got frustrated and i let them all go this is i mean i, I said every word that 
that, uh, and I'm getting ahead of myself, I said every word I knew in the book. And I knew a lot because I was in the Marines. We cursed every other word. I mean, it was something. And uh, no one was around, but I, I remember feeling ashamed. And I said, uh, I said, Lord, take that out of my heart. And I realized God had taken away the power of sin, but sin is still there. Sin is still a power. It just doesn't have control over the Christian. And I said, God, take that out of my heart. That was like 1993 or something like that. I haven't spoken that kind of French <laughs> since then. Why? Because God shut the factory down. And that wasn't long after I got saved. But let me tell you, Jesus is the power in the Christian. Verse 9. Knowing, this is the third no, like K-N-O-W. Sometimes I give my daughter the gift of no. That means just no. Anyway. Kids need to learn that, right? The gift of no. And it's free. You can give your kids the gift of no as much as you want. In fact, I just use an arm gesture for my daughter. She just knows if I do this, it means no. Not K-N-O-W, but just like N-O. It's a gift from your father to you, honey. So, But this is the other kind of no. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. This is the, the section that shows that it's done. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. You know that sin has no jurisdiction and the devil has no jurisdiction over the Christian. You know, you ever seen that cops, they'll stop at like the county line? They can't enforce. uh, They have no... uh, jurisdiction legally to cross certain lines they have to stop you know if it's the border with mexico and a a, a california deputy can't just blaze through the border and arrest a suspect in mexico they have no jurisdiction well death (laughs) the devil loses his jurisdiction when we die he's not in control but we died in christ the devil has no jurisdiction sin has no jurisdiction we are dead in christ the law doesn't have any jurisdiction when someone's dead and we live unto God. So, in verse 11, reckoning. Likewise reckon. What's reckon mean? Is that an Australian word? Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, we, we went through three things that we know. No, no, no. Verse 3, verse 6, verse 9. But you can't really reckon something until you know the facts. So the facts are in three and six and nine. The word reckon means to account. It's a Greek word meaning doing accounts. And we have a lot of CPAs or certified public accountants going, because February 12th is when they started accepting taxes at the IRS. So everyone's beginning to spin up and papers are flying and paper airplanes are probably flying in cubicles when the boss isn't looking. But they're doing accounting. You know, that's something that you can actually do 100% accurately. It's math. It's not just art. You know, it's not opinion. It's facts. And you can get it 100% right. So the Bible says we can get this 100% right. Reckoning is just accounting. Uh, We reckon. It's. When we reckon, we are counting the facts in God's word. We're dead to sin. We're alive in Christ. Those are facts. We don't become dead to sin by reckoning, but by reckoning, we add up the facts 
and present them to ourselves. Does that make sense? It's like, huh, this is the way that it is. I am just dead in Christ. I, I had some cake talking about decisions. And I had some cake and chocolate cake in my house. In fact, I have a lot of chocolate cake in my house. A lot. And I had a piece today. And there was another piece there. I told my wife, put the rest in the freezer, okay? Sin is a force, right? But it doesn't have to have control over you, right? So, so I ate one piece, and I was like, hmm, I could eat that other piece too. That was for my daughter, but she wouldn't know, right? Oh, yeah, she would. So I was still hungry for it, and I ate the first piece, and I said, I'm going to go eat the second piece. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make a decision. Yeah. 35,000 choices, I made one. I said, no, I'm not going to eat it. Not because I love my daughter, okay? Just because I didn't want the extra calories. My daughter could get some from the freezer, okay? But we have to reckon that, hey, you have control of your life. Feelings and temptations notwithstanding, faith, we have to have faith in the, the word of God. Now, what is faith? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It gives that substantial, it makes something real to us. Say, well, what color is a rose if you're blind? Well, well, it's red, but you can't appreciate that if you're blind, right? The faculty of sight can't appreciate color because you can't see. But what does the music sound like if you're deaf? Well, you can't appreciate that either, right? Because the faculty of hearing doesn't work. Well, our eyes and ears will not be able to distinguish color and sound if they don't work, right? But color and music are still real things, even if we can't sense them. Their reality is unaffected by whether or not we can appreciate them. So it is with faith. Faith is the faculty, it's the sense, if you please, to make God's real things real to us. That's what faith does. And it's not just reading the Bible. It's not knowing it in your head going, all right, I'm dead to Christ. But it's saying, I, I am dead to sin. I'm alive in Christ. That's reckoning saying, I, I, I don't have to sin anymore. I don't have to eat that cake if I don't want to. I don't even have to take a course. You know, I can just choose to do that. When you realize the power that's in you in Jesus Christ. So a preacher, I'm just going to do this. Do it. Because God gives us this power, not in you, not in some weightlifting course. It's in Christ. There's power. And when you reckon that, you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. Because, you know, life throws you curveballs, doesn't it? But God can help you to blast through the curveballs. Amen. So verse 12, let not, with all that said then, let not sin therefore reign or dominate in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. You know, we should take Jesus everywhere we go. Take him with you. That's what he said. He said, lo, I am with thee always, even unto the end of the earth, right? So take him at his word. Don't be like, you know, you can, you know, some people abandon you like 
the Lone Ranger, but the Lone Ranger had Tonto, right? His faithful companion. Until they were surrounded by hundreds of menacing Indian braves with bows and arrows. And Lone Ranger took out both of his guns and he, he looked at Tonto and he said, Tonto, I guess it's just you and me. And Tonto took a step backward and he said, what mean we, white man? <laughs> so you never know who's going to stick by you, right? But Jesus will never leave you, never forsake you. Take him with you everywhere you go. Verse 13, yield. The word yield means to present. Neither yield ye your members. What are your members? These are your members, your limbs. That's what, not church member. To be a church member, literally, is to be a limb in the body of Christ. And what are all your limbs connected with? Blood, right? Your, your, your feet and your legs. Blood flows everywhere. If blood stops flowing, the limb dies, okay? But we all have the blood. Christ is the head of the church. We are the body of Christ. And that same blood flows throughout the whole body, wherever you are. If you're a pinky toe, or if you're the bicep, okay? Or if you're the big belly, you know, whatever you are, right? The blood of Jesus flows there, and you have power and prominence in Christ. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. He gives us a choice. You see, sin has power, but it doesn't have to have power over you. But he said... Yield yourselves unto God. Make that decision. As those that are alive from the dead and as your members, and your members, that means your limbs, the things that sin, as instruments of righteousness unto God. Just like I, I shared about that cake. I could make a choice to eat it or not. Well, we'd have been happier in eating it? Absolutely. But the calories are still calories, right? I didn't want the calories. I just wanted the cake with no calories. There's no such thing as zero calorie cake. So you have to make other decisions, right? But when you present yourself to God, you're saying, like that song, here I am, wholly available to you. The next time you're in a battle, why don't you try that? Instead of saying, well, I've got to sin and say, wait, God, I, I understand the temptation. I feel it pulling me. Lord, here I am. I'm not going to fight the temptation. I'm just going to present myself to God. I'm going to step in out of the reign of the devil. And I'm going to step in the reign and the peace of Christ. There's peace in Christ, and he reigns in peace in our hearts. For sin shall not have dominion over you. You know, people say you have to sin every day. Well, it's not what my Bible says. We need to reckon with the facts. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. What did you do? I switched masters. I switched from the devil to God. This one guy, he said, uh, you're a church boy, huh? And I said, yes, I am. I mean, I'll claim it. But you know what? I didn't ask this to the gentleman, but whose boy are you? You know, we're somebody's boy. I might as well be God's boy. Amen. I'm going to serve Jesus. Amen. And the second question, verse 15, shall we sin because we're not under the law? Well, we're not under the law, preacher. Well, you know, the law was more than 10 commandments, right? The, the Jews actually worked it out that, uh, that there are 613 commandments in the law. Can you believe that? Because there were 613 letters in the Decalogue, which is the Ten Commandments. So all these Jewish scholars said, 613 commandments. That's why that person came to Jesus and said, which is the greatest, which is the great commandment in the law? Because there's so many. And they would argue which was the, you know, most important, less important. And 
there were uh, 248 affirmative commandments, and that corresponded to the parts of your body, and then 365 negative commandments corresponding to every day of the year. And so it added up to 613. What did Jesus say? Love God, love others. He just condensed it all down, right? Well, that's not, we're not under the Ten Commandments or the law of God, but what do we do? We love God and love others. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Well, why, preacher? Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants are to whom ye obey. Whoever I serve, that's whose servant I am. Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Now here is where it gets serious, right? Sin leads somewhere. Righteousness leads somewhere. You say, well, preacher, where do you want to go? You know, that's where it starts to get serious, right? Well, I want to go to heaven. And obedience... You know, John Maxwell, who's a writer, he said, life is a matter of choices. And every choice you make, makes you. I was pointing at someone, by the way. Verse 17, Romans chapter 6, verse 17. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. You know, it's, it's interesting it's an I want to spirit in Christ. And when someone really gets saved, they want to serve God. I'm not saying they're perfect. They might be like me as a young Christian and just blow out a string of curse words because I was a new Christian when I got frustrated, but it happened one time. And then I was like, God, I'm done with that because I was growing in God. But God be thanked. I didn't want to serve that sin. I didn't want to curse when I was mad anymore. And so I made a spirit of change and we serve God in spirit, don't we? He seeks people to serve him in spirit and in truth. You know, the spirit with we, which we do something is important. Uh, isn't, isn't it true that God even, he cares how you give? Isn't it what it says? God loves a grumpy giver. No, that's not what it says. God loves a what? Cheerful. Cheerful. Well, God doesn't care about that. He absolutely does. He put it in his eternal word that the spirit of our obedience from the heart it's like, man, praise God. You know, when we, when we were doing things in sin, we gave from the heart. But you know what? When we switch to God, let's read the Bible from the heart. When I read my Bible, usually start around 4 or 15 in the morning. I like God, and I'm still waking up, right? But I'm like, God, help me to learn something. I'm gonna, I don't want to just read words. God, illuminate my heart. Give me something. That's not how it comes out at 4.15 in the morning. It's like, <laughs> Jesus, help me. That's it. But, you know, it's just however you do it, right? Being then made free from sin, he became the servants of righteousness. It's a master switch. You know, if we're fired up for the devil, why don't we get fired up for God? We weren't ashamed to, you know, do stuff on Saturday night. Let's not be ashamed to do stuff for the Lord. You know what? Just go walk up to someone and say, hey, hey, I want to invite you to church. <gasps> That's personal. Hey, you'd invite someone to the club. Hey, man, we're going clubbing, man. Come on. It's going to be awesome. Don't be ashamed of Jesus, man. Let's get fired up for God. Amen. Everyone else is coming out of the closet. Let's come out of the closet for Jesus. Amen? Amen? Not that, that kind of closet, right? But let's come out of that closet of insecurity and just yeah. let God, let God be God. Amen? You better, people are looking for people who are bold in Christ. Amen? Verse 19. 
I speak after the manner of men because of the affirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity. You know, you had your old life. Even so now, yield your members, servants to righteousness and to holiness. You know, that's all decisions are for Christ. That decision to just do things right. That's what holiness is. It's just being sanctified. It's like, you know, you have your church shoes and the good china. You know what? You're the church shoes in good china, but seven days a week. That's what being a Christian is. There's no like holiness Christians and not holiness Christians. Jesus is holy, harmless, separate from sinners. And if he lives in your heart, so will you be. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. Now notice this question. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Think about that. All the things that you used to do in sin. What good came out of it? I mean, on Monday morning, if you really remembered it, did you have to ask someone, were you an adult that wet your bed because of what you did? And it happens, okay? What fruit came of that? It's like, man, it was so good. I wet my bed last night and I was 21, right? No, there was no good fruit that came out of that lifestyle. What fruit had you then? But the Bible said, but now being made free from sin. Let me tell you, God will put some good fruit in your life. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. What is that? It's called the fruit of the Spirit. It'll begin to come out when the Spirit's in there. But being now me made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit. And that's Galatians chapter 5, if you want to check it out. Unto holiness, and at the end, everlasting life. I am closer to my mansion. For the wages of sin is death. There's a payday coming. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Since there's two paydays coming, the question really is, which one are we going to decide to line up in? Well, I'm going to line up for eternity in Jesus Christ. It is the gift of God. You don't have to try for it. What do you do with the gift? You accept it. You're thankful for it. And then you open it and use it. That's how God's gift comes to us. And as we get ready to dismiss uh, decisions. And when we do baptisms, in this church anyway, like at an ocean or something, we'll typically sing like a, a song or something. And one that we typically have sang in times past it says, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. God bless you. Let's dismiss in prayer. Brother Velez, would you dismiss us in prayer?